Bill Weiss was chosen by God to spend 23 minutes in hell as a non-believer and report to the world of its reality. He also was told about when Jesus would return. Next on this edition of It's Supernatural. Can ancient secrets of the supernatural be rediscovered? Do angels exist? Is there life after death? Are healing miracles real? Can you get supernatural help from another dimension? Has the future been written in advance? Sid Roth has spent 30 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid on this edition of It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world, where it's naturally supernatural. Do you believe in a literal hell? I mean, one where there's suffering and sulfur and torment and demons with pitchforks. Well, a survey was done in America by Barnum, and he found that two-thirds of the people do not believe in a hell with suffering. And as a matter of fact, it's not a popular subject. When was the last time uh, you went to a house of worship and they spoke about hell? Well, God had to take things into his own hands, and he showed a man that has impeccable character, uh, a man that has never been into drugs or alcohol, that has a good marriage, a solid citizen. I even looked at his references, and the former retired chief of police that he's known for decades gave him a character witness. I mean, if I was in Hollywood and casting someone to see hell and come back and report on it, this is the man I would have picked. We went out on the streets to find out if people believe in a hell where there's suffering and sulfur and demons. You'll be amazed at what we found out. No, I don't believe there's a hell. You know, God loves everybody, so he wants everybody to live with him up in heaven. Hell? Sometimes I think hell is on earth with all the random acts of violence and the wars and the terrorism that goes on. I think hell is here. No, I don't believe there's a hell at all. I think that's something that the church made up to control and manipulate people. Everyone's going to go to heaven because God's a good God who loves us all. As long as we live a good life and are good people, we're all going to get to heaven. Yeah, I believe there's a hell. I believe it's a place where people go if they don't ask God to forgive them of their sins. Hello, Sid Roth here with uh, Bill and Annette Weiss. And uh, Bill, before you had, and, and get this, he had a literal guided tour of hell. Before that happened, what did you think about hell? Well, Sid, I never really thought about hell. I've been a Christian for 40 years. This happened 12 years ago. But I never really studied the topic. I had no interest in it. My wife and I never see dark movies or entertain anything evil like that. But I, I knew it was fiery, and that was as much as I knew. So I've learned a lot since then. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take you to that date, November 23rd, 1998. And uh, you go to bed. You get up at what time? Three in the morning? I got up at 3 o'clock just to get a glass of water. How did you know it was 3? I looked at the clock.
Okay, you get the glass of water, what happened to you? Suddenly, said I found myself, I was being pulled out of my body. I, like, this was an out-of-body experience, and I've never had one before. But I was pulled out of my body, and I found myself falling through the air and tumbling down this long tunnel. And I entered into this open cavern area, and I hit this stone floor, and I found myself in a prison cell with rough-hewn stone walls and bars. I was actually in a prison, but it looked like a dungeon, filthy, stinking, smoke-filled uh, prison. Did you realize where you were? I was fully awake and cognizant. I was not dreaming. No, I understand, but, but did you know you were in hell? Yes. The heat was far beyond the ability to sustain life, so I knew immediately I was in hell. And there were demonic creatures in this cell with me. Uh, they were pacing like a caged animal, real ferocious, vicious demeanor, like no creature I've now, ever now seen. Now, before this, are, were you one prone to visions and uh, things like this? No, I've never had a vision before. And like I said, I was fully awake and cognizant. I was actually in this place, Sid. And to see these demons pacing in the cell, they had extreme hatred for God, and then he directed that hatred towards me. I wondered why, what have I done to them? But the one picked me up, threw me into the wall. Uh, tremendous strength in these demons. But wait a second now. You're a Christian. Right. You're not supposed to be in hell. Didn't you remind them? <laughs> I would have. <laughs> well, Sid, the only way a Christian can see hell is in a vision. This was a vision. And God hid it from my mind that I was a Christian. He blocked it from me. There's many scriptures I could give you for that, but the purpose was so I could experience what an unsaved person would experience in hell. When you, everything happening all around you so fast was going on, when you came up with your first question to yourself, what was it? Well, why am I here? Why am I here? How did I get here? And I didn't understand any of this. Everything was explained on the way back. But at this moment, all I was experiencing was the pain and the torment that these demons were inflicting. You actually could feel Yes, this? I could feel it. Now, I understood that most of the feeling was being blocked. And God explained on the way back that he hid, blocked most of the pain. But he did allow me to feel some of it, the pain so I could relate to people that it's not metaphorical or allegorical. It's real literal pain you're going to feel in hell. The amount I felt was enough. What was the worst experience you had on this guided tour of hell? Knowing that I'll never get out. The hopelessness. You see, that's what God wanted me to experience, what they feel there. See, if I was there as a Christian, which I was, but he hid it from me, I, I would know I'm getting out of here. Thank God I'm getting out of here. I don't have to stay here. But as an unsaved person, I understood I'll never get out. Ten million years will go by. I'm still there. And that's the worst part, knowing there's no one going to come rescue you. There's no Calvary coming over the hill. There's no angels to protect you. You are lost and in torment and hopeless forever. That was the worst part. Tell me, tell me some of the things you saw with your eyes in hell. I saw these demons, reptilish in appearance, bumps and scales all over the body, huge jaws, sunken in eyes, claws about a foot long. These particular two were about 12 or 13 feet tall. Not, that sounds like an exaggeration, but there's even scripture for that. But uh, they tormented me. They dug their claws in their, my chest and just tore the flesh open. I couldn't believe I was still alive through this. The flesh just hung like ribbons. I noticed there was no water or blood But you coming. see, there was a reason that the Messiah took him on a guided tour of hell. And when you find out this reason, I believe it's going to change your life forever. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural! 
It was God's purpose from the beginning for all nations to become one in Yeshua, Messiah Jesus. To break down the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. When Jewish spiritual DNA merges with the new covenant Christian DNA, there will be what Paul called life from the dead. That's why Sid Roth's website is loaded with cutting edge articles and teaching about the one new man. Log on to SidRoth.org today. We now return to It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here with Bill and Annette Weiss. And Bill, you had an experience. Uh, you, you didn't expect it. You didn't want it. Um, but you had it anyway. He had a guided tour of hell for a purpose that you're about ready to find out. But I want to find out more about what you experienced and saw and felt in hell. Tell me a little more. There were demons that tore my flesh open. The flesh hung like ribbons. You have a body in hell. Uh, the one picked me up, threw me into the wall. I felt the bones break. Uh, I felt the pain. And uh, they have an extreme hatred. Now, were you, did you scream? Yes, when I you, did. When you were thrown against the wall? Yes, I did. I, I'm very calm now, but uh, I wasn't there. Now, were other people screaming while you were there? The screams are so loud, Sid, you can't stand it. It's deafening to hear millions of people screaming at the top of their lungs, and you can't ever get away from that. There's no peace or quiet in hell. You have to endure that for all eternity. And like I said, these demons hate you. An extreme hatred they have for God, and they hate you, His creation. And there's nothing you can do to defend yourself. You're, you have no strength in your body. You're completely void of any kind of physical strength. You have to endure the odors, the foul smells in hell are so putrid and disgusting, worse than any open sewer and the smell of burning sulfur. And sulfur is actually toxic to breathe. And you wonder, how could I be alive, breathe in this toxic air, but yet you keep going. There's not enough air to breathe in hell. Just like here, we need air. You don't have enough air there. You have to fight and gas for even the tiniest bit of air. And this is how you breathe in hell. It's like. That was as much air as you could get. So any moment you feel like, I'm going to die from a lack of oxygen. Okay, now he was in hell, even though he was a believer, and it was blocked from his mind that he was a believer. And tell me about the moment you got rescued. I was observing all these people burning in this big, huge, raging pit of fire, surrounded by demons all around me. I was standing on a bed of maggots, uh, just solid maggots. It's disgusting. By the way, could you smell? It was a sense of smell there? Terrible odors, foul, disgusting odors. Like I said, the smell of uh, like an open sewer, uh, the smell of sulfur, which is toxic. Was there any, any quietness? It's so loud. You want to get away from it, but you can't. There is never any peace of mind in hell. You have to endure all the people screaming at the top of their lungs. And as I was observing all this, uh, you're exhausted. You, have, you don't ever get to go to sleep in hell. You need sleep, but you don't get to sleep. All right, tell me about the rescue. Uh, I was being pulled up this tunnel, and suddenly this bright light appeared. I knew immediately who it was. I said, Jesus. And he said, I am. And when he said, I am, I collapsed at his feet. And he touched me. And when I came to, Sid, I didn't see his face, just the outline of a man standing in this bright, pure, holy light. And I didn't want to ask him any questions, but thoughts started coming to my mind. And I thought, Lord, why did you send me to this horrible place? He said, because many people do not believe hell is real. 
He said, even some of my own people do not believe hell exists. Yeah, but you believed it was real. You didn't dwell on it, but you believed it was real. Right. But many Christians do not. They don't believe in a literal burning hell. Many Christians. So why did he? Why did he send you? I asked him that. I mean, I would. I would have picked you, but uh, no I supernatural wouldn't. experiences. Uh, I was not a Billy Graham. I was uh, just a realtor, going to work every day like anybody else. Were you successful? I had a successful company. We were making a half a million dollars a year, doing very well in the real estate business for 30 years, and so I have no idea why he picked me. I'm the least likely, in my opinion, but. It, it doesn't matter. I said, Lord, why'd you pick me? And he said, because many people don't believe in hell. So that he wanted me to share with people what's in the word. Because this is not a message of condemnation. It's just simply a message of warning. So we're here to share information to enable people to make an informed decision. Oh, okay. What did he say next? He said, uh, he answered some of the thoughts I had in my mind, but one of them was, why, uh, Lord, didn't I know you? And he said, because I wanted you to experience the hopelessness that they feel in hell that you'll never get out. This is for eternals. Said this is forever. They'll never get out of this kind of torment. That's why it's so horrible. You told me that it, to, to experience being separated from God for the first time in his life, what was it like? Well, see, here said, you know, in James 1.17, it says that every good gift comes down from above. Well, in hell, hell is a place prepared that has nothing to do with God. He's withdrawn his attributes from hell. That's why hell's so hor horrible, because his attributes have been withdrawn. So the good we enjoy in life all come from him. If you want nothing to do with God, there's a place prepared that has nothing to do with him. That's why it's so awful. You don't experience friendship and fellowship and sleep and rest and strength and, and pleasant odors and all that. You don't, because God has withdrawn himself from that place. Was there a real pit of fire? It's literal literal burning fire, real flames. That's why Jesus warned about hell. In 46 verses, he talked about hell, and 18 of those verses are about the fires of hell. You saw people in the pit, actually. And I saw people hanging. burning, flesh hanging off their bones. I'm telling you, it's the most awful thing. Were they people screaming? Burning, screaming in agony, burning, and it was heat. I felt the heat. And that's why I want to warn people, this place is real. If they could see it for five seconds, they would change. Okay. So what else did Jesus tell you when he met you there? He told me, tell the people, I am coming very, very soon. He repeated himself and said it again, I'm coming very, very soon. And, and I found that when it's repeated twice, it's for sure. Very, very soon. And then what? Well, I felt in my heart, too, that he really meant it. It's not very long that we have. And so that's why we need to go and share and warn people how to stay out of this place. You also thought people would think you're crazy. That was a thought that came to your mind. Right. And the Lord answered that. Right. I thought, Lord, I don't want to tell anybody about this experience. They're going to think I'm crazy or had a bad dream. And he said, it's not your job to convict their hearts. That's the Holy Spirit's job. You just go and tell them. Uh, oh, okay. There are so many questions. That, uh, he, he's done several hundred secular talk shows, radio, TV, uh, and they're very, very good questions. Uh, I'll tell you one that is very significant. Why would a God of love, and he is a God of love, send someone created in his image to not just suffering, but eternal suffering? Why would a loving God do that? We'll find out when we come back. Don't go away. It's supernatural. Why? Why would a loving God send people created in his image 
to an eternal hell. As a matter of fact, an eternal hell with torment and suffering 24-7, eternally. Why would he do this? Why would he even create a hell? Bill, why? Well, first of all, God doesn't send anybody to hell. People send themselves to hell by the rejection of the directions he gives for them how to stay out of hell. They reject how he tells them to stay out. But hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. It wasn't meant for man to go to. No. So it was actually, it was created for a purpose, but right. not, not for, for humans to go there. Right. And what people really behind their thoughts are, how can a loving God send a good person? Because everybody thinks they're good. But three reasons that won't work, and just to give one quickly, and an analogy will help here. If you went and found a home, the most expensive home in the country, and knocked on their door, and you said, uh, excuse me, I'm moving in with you because I'm a good person, what would you think the people would say? No, right? You wouldn't expect them to let you move in because you have no relationship with them. Yet people go through their whole life. They have nothing to do with God. They deny Jesus as the Son of God, which he said is the only way to his house. Then at the end of their life, they come and knock on his door and they say, excuse me, I'm moving in with you because I'm a good person. Good has nothing to do with it. They have no relationship with him. It's not based on being good. It's based on a relationship. So that's unreasonable to be expect to live at someone's house when you don't know them. You see, so you have to have a relationship with All right, God. Okay, Annette. You told me at 3.23 in the morning. How did you know it was 3.23, by I, the way? I looked at a clock. That was the first thing I did. It was right beside the bed. What, what did you hear? I heard screams coming from our living room, and I proceeded down the hallway. And I found my husband in a state that I have never, ever seen him in, Sid. Anyone who knows Bill knows his character. His nature is very calm, conservative, steady as he goes. He's been that way all of his life. So to see your husband traumatized in a fetal position on our living room floor was really, really shocking. What was your first thought? I thought he was dying. I thought I needed to call emergency services. And he began to scream out. Pray, pray for me. And when he said that, I felt a relief inside, which I know that was God giving me some kind of peace in that crisis. I know, but why would you even believe that? Because I knew him. I knew him from the years we were dating, from all of his clients, friends that I met. I saw his character over and over again as we were dating. I believed him immediately. Now, keep in mind, we'd only been married one year, but I still believed him right away. Well, Bill? You know, Sid, but to explain a little bit more so people understand, too, everybody is not God's child. People think we're all God's children. You're not his child. He's your creator, but he's not your father until you invite in Jesus. So people going to hell, he's not their father. Because he gives, because he loves everyone, he gives man a choice, a free will to choose. And man chooses to reject the way he said to stay out of hell. They choose on their own. They say, I don't believe you, God. I don't believe your word and they send themselves to hell. But another reason is because Hebrews 12:29 said he's a consuming fire. What that means is if I stuck my hand into the fire to retrieve something and the fire burned me, I wouldn't say, why'd that fire burn me? That was mean in that fire. I wouldn't say that, would I? Because the nature of the fire is to burn. Well, God's nature is to consume sin. So sinful man and a holy God are not compatible, just like the fire in your hand are not compatible. So you can't show up in God's presence the way we are. We would be consumed. But, but how does God feel about sending humans created in his image to a burning hell? Of course, as you explained, he's not sending them. Uh, they're sending themselves. He's, he's in process of rescuing he them. Right. He wept. 
When he saw people falling down this tunnel we came out of, he wept when he saw people going into hell. He doesn't want to see one person. He loves everyone. He gave his life. That's why he gave his life, to keep people out of hell. This loving God died a horrible death to keep people out. And he wept when he saw people going because it was by their own choice they were sending themselves to hell. Okay. Uh, we've done an investigation of Bill. We understand that he was a good Christian. We have references from former retired uh, chief of police, uh, his pastor, etc. Uh, we know that he was a good Christian. We know that he shared Jesus with people from time to time. But Annette, you know him better than anyone. How has he changed as a result of this experience? Well, number one, he left his career because he had such an urgency inside now to tell people about Jesus, about the love of God, and, he, and to warn people not to go to this place. He has such an urgency now, Sid, and a compassion for people. He doesn't want to see one person go there. It's changed our life. Uh, Bill, I have to tell you, I believe in a literal hell. I've never seen it, obviously. I believe in eternal torment. But somehow, until someone reads your material and sees the DVD, the urgency isn't there. What is the difference between the way you were and the way you are right now. When you understand how severe hell is, you'll be much more appreciative of what God saved you from. You'll have more of a healthy, reverential fear of God, and you'll have this passion for the lost. Because that's what we're to do, is share the good news with people. So they under it's like I said, sharing information so they can make an informed decision. Uh, Annette, how did this change you? The same way. I mean, I, I left my career, was very successful as well. And I share p with people sometimes, but now I want to take every opportunity. And it's not to beat people over the head with the Bible. It's just to share the love of God. And so that maybe one more person won't go to this place. And it makes you um, get rid of your fears and your hang-ups and just go after God and do His will. It gives you a better overall eternal perspective, what's really important. You talk about the experience of the love of God. Yes. Tell me about that. He shared with me a piece of his heart, and I couldn't stand, said, feeling what he felt, the pain he feels for seeing people going to hell. And I said, Lord, stop. I can't even feel even a piece of what you feel. And uh, he, he allowed me to uh, just experience a little bit of his heart, and he wept over just one person going to hell. How about you? That's Would you weep over one person that you know is going to hell? Yes, that's why we've gone and traveled. And it doesn't matter. I'm not here to convince people to believe my experience. I'm just here as a signpost to point them to at least check out what the Word of God has to say. And please avoid this place at all costs. Now, how do you even survive today with the trauma you went through? I have no problems whatsoever. God removed all that from me. I just have the passion that He left me because I still remember the sights of hell. That, that'll never leave me, seeing people burning and the torment they feel for all eternity, never to get out of there. If I can influence one person to stay out of here, any uncomfortableness that I'll feel is worth it all. Well, you know something? If there was no hell, and there is, if there wasn't eternal torment, and there is, if there wasn't internal suffering, and there is, just to know the love of God in this life, I would not, I don't know how I existed without knowing the love of God. I don't know how I existed without knowing that God was interested in me as an individual. And then to find out 
that God is as interested in every human as he was in me, and they don't even realize it, and they have to live in this world without having an intimate relationship with the living God, and the price has already been paid, and Jesus died for your sins, and if you repent of your sins and tell him you're sorry, he will wash them away and live inside of you. Oh, it's so wonderful. It is so wonderful that I don't, you know, even if there wasn't, I think who would want to miss that? I know. Why would you want to take a chance with your eternal soul and gamble that and miss the love of God anyway? Next week on It's Supernatural.